be reading some classic verses here concerning the cross. We're going to be in verse 33. And what we'll do is read verses 33 through 38 together. I ask that we all stand. We'll read these responsively. As a church, I'll read the first verse, you read the second uh, with me, and so on. Matthew 27 and verse 33. And when they were coming to a place called Golgotha, that is to say a place of a skull, they gave him vinegar to drink mingled with gall, and when he had tasted thereof, he would not drink. And they crucified him and parted his garments, casting lots, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet. They parted my garments among them, and upon my vesture did they cast lots. And sitting down, they watched him there, and set up over his head his accusation written, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. There were there two thieves crucified with him, one on the right hand and another on the left. And let's pray. Father, I ask that thou would bless the message. I ask that thou would do thy work through me, through thy people. We ask that Jesus Christ would be glorified and thy will be done. We ask for the Holy Spirit to move upon us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. you. May be seated. The question would be, have you ever been accused of something? I think everyone's been accused of something at least. Uh, I know I've been accused of a lot of things. Uh, I have. You know, life in a large way is about things that you got accused of. Uh, you know, sad thing is when you're accused of certain things like being called a liar or a cheat, unfaithful, a thief. What if you are accused of being lazy, being late, selfish? Just someone who doesn't care. These are bad accusations. Uh, something people fall under those. You know, some have stood before a judge and been accused. And they ask, how do you plead to this accusation? But let me say this. You're not alone. Jesus stood before a judge. Jesus was accused. And they wanted to know how He pled was he guilty of the things that he was accused of? You know, they told Jesus, they accused him of being crazy. They said, you're beside yourself. You've completely lost your mind. They told this to the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you know that he got accused of being a glutton? He was accused of spending too much time around the wine bottle. This came against Jesus Christ. He was accused... His best friends were wicked sinners. Jesus was accused of perverting the people. They said He's perverting all the people when He's bringing the truth and the words of God and the compassion of God. Jesus was accused of breaking the law of Moses, the law of God. 
He was accused of breaking the Sabbath day. You know, when you go back and read many of His miracles, He, was, he did a lot of them. Healing miracles on the Sabbath day. He would meet where people go, which is the synagogue. And He would heal those that were in need of healing. And people would accuse Him of working on the Sabbath day and being a lawbreaker. Jesus was accused of making Himself equal with God. Did you know? And by the way, that one was true. Jesus was accused of attempting to start a revolution against Rome. And here's the big one of all. Jesus was accused of being Beelzebub. He basically called Satan himself. These are strong, strong accusations. But the biggest one of all and the one that matters the most is he was accused. We read it. It said his accusation was written, this is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Jesus was the King. You remember at his birth, even these wise men came from the east. I'm looking, Christmas sounds pretty good about right now, doesn't it? Sounds pretty good, that time of year coming. We can hold out just a little longer though. But they, they came from the east. And what did they say? What was their question? Where is he that is born king of the Jews? Where is he? Where is that one who's the rightful heir to the throne of David that was lost? when Babylon took the Jews into captivity. Who is this Messiah, the Anointed One, the Son of God, in all of His life? And this is an amazing thing. The men who counted knew who He was. Right. Make no mistake. People, did, they, the people didn't live in doubt of who He was. They knew who He was, and they acted accordingly. According to Matthew 21 and verse 38, they knew Jesus is the son of the vineyard owner. The God of heaven who owned the vineyard sent his son down to take charge of the vineyard for him. And, what, and they knew. You know what they said? This is the heir. This is him. He's right before us. Let's bow down and worship him as king of the Jews. No. You know, they did the opposite. They said, let's kill him. Let's take it for ourselves. Let's not accept him for the only true accusation that mattered. Let's not do that. Let's put him to the side and take the vineyard for ourselves. So rather than submit, the elders conspire to usurp power and to usurp authority and kill the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Psalm 2 verse 1, why did the heathen rage and the people Imagine a vain thing. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord. See, they're all coming together against the Lord. And they know what they're doing. It's not on an accident. They do not want to accept God's Son as King over the Jews and over the world and over heaven. They said, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their corns from us. So they rejected the King. Remember when Jesus came into Jerusalem? It was a week before this passage we just read. They accepted Him gladly, put Him on a donkey, brought Him in with a king's uh, triumphant entry into the city, knowing exactly who He was, right. 
And they all cried out and said, Hosanna to the Son of David. Hosanna in the highest to the Son of God. Peace be to the earth. And the Bible says the whole city rang with joy as they brought Jesus as He came in on that lowly donkey and sat and went straight into the temple. The house of God. This happened just a week before. The common people received Him and the rulers, though, rejected Him because it's a power struggle. They wanted the vineyard of God for themselves. So they began to look for accusations. You know, it's hard to find accusations against someone who's perfect and who's innocent. But they tried. They looked for treason against Rome and against Caesar. They looked for crimes that Jesus might have done and could find none. So they decided, since we can't get Him in honesty, let's get Him with dishonesty. They brought in false accusers who came in with false reports and tried to accuse Jesus of foolish things and none of them lined out or were true or washed. And they realized no man can bring accusation against Him. None. There is nothing you can say about Him other than He's King of the Jews. So what they do? They arranged for an unlawful trial to get Him without a multitude and get Him in secret and they arrested Jesus Christ and then they took Him to Pilate and what they do? They accused Him before Pilate. They accused Him of, be, of starting a revolution. Now turn over to John chapter 18 with me and let's read a few verses concerning this. Just want to have a little reflection on Christ this morning. John chapter 18, it says in verse 29, Pilate then went out unto them and said, what did he say? What accusation bring you against this man? What's the purpose in bringing him before me? They answered and said unto him, if he were not a malefactor, we would not have delivered him unto thee. Then said Pilate unto them, take ye him and judge him according to your law. The Jews therefore said unto him, It is not lawful for us to put any man to death, that the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled which he spake, signifying what death he should die. reason they said that was a Jewish death is, not, is a stoning versus a Roman death, which is a crucifixion. And Jesus had to die according to the Scriptures, and that's why the Romans killed him. Then Pilate entered, this is verse 33, then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again and called Jesus and said unto him, he's going to say, is this accusation true? Art thou the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, sayest thou this thing of thyself? Or did others tell it of me? Pilate answered, am I a Jew? Thine own nation and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? So he was, he was accused before Pilate of making himself a king. Look at chapter 19 and look at verse 12. And from thenceforth, Pilate sought to release him. He said, there's no crime here. You know why? Jesus said, yes, I'm a king, but I'm a, my kingdom's not of this world. My kingdom's of heaven. I don't, I'm, no, I'm no threat to Rome. And he knew it. So he says, from thenceforth, Pilate sought to release him, but the Jews cried out, saying, if thou let the man go, thou art not Caesar's friend. 
Whosoever maketh himself a king speaketh against Caesar. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he brought Jesus forth and sat in the judgment seat in a place that is called in the pavement, or called the pavement, but in the Hebrew, Gabbatha. And it was the preparation of the Passover about the sixth hour. And he saith unto the Jews, Behold your king. Here he is. This is the one you say that he is. You're accusing him to be. You brought him. He says he is. Behold your king. But they cried out, Away with him. This is verse 15. Away with him. Crucify him. Pilate saith unto them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, we have no king but Caesar. How sad. How sad. So the only accusation they could find was that Jesus was a king. The pure one. The holy one. The undefiled in the way. The one of innocent blood. The only true man that ever lived. The only sinless blood. And he is a king. You know, you'd think that at that point say, you know, he's, he, they knew. We must serve him. We must honor him. And let him bring the golden age of Israel into our midst. Instead, they said, no, we must have him killed. So instead of royalty, he became a criminal. And he was made a criminal. And so how ironic this is that the innocent blood was accused as a criminal. He said, they told Pilate, if he wasn't a malefactor or a criminal, we wouldn't have brought him to you. The one that they just said, we can't find anything wrong with this man. The ultimate in hypocrisy. If he wasn't a wrongdoer with a depraved nature and an injurious person, hurtful to himself and to other people, he's a menace to society. Let's Move him out of here. That's what they're basically saying. We must rid ourselves of this man who we say is the king. You know, it's interesting because three men were scheduled to be executed that day. Three men. They had three crosses. We read about the two thieves that were crucified, one on the right side and one on the left. But what about the one in the middle? Very obvious it was a man named Barabbas. He was scheduled to die. He lay bound with them that were made this insurrection and he committed murder in the insurrection. He was destined to die. Had a huge rap sheet. He was the worst of the three. By far. Yet, he's about to get let off. This is such an amazing story. Because of the Jews' hatred for the perfect Jew, uh, perfect Jew, Jesus Christ. Pilate was convinced, I need to let him go, but he would not. So what Jesus did, or uh, he, he, he allowed, uh, Pilate said, I've got an idea. I can release one prisoner. It's a custom for the Passover. I can release a prisoner. I'm going to release Jesus because he knew Jesus was innocent. He said, I will release him and I'll let him go. And they said, no way. We want Barabbas released and we want Jesus to die. Isn't that sad? These are the most religious people of the day saying these things. We can't even fathom these things taking place, but it happened. 
And so they let Barabbas, the, the known killer and seditionist and thief, go free while Jesus took his place and took that cross up Golgotha's hill. And if anybody understood the cross, it, uh, it was Barabbas. He took my place. How could, you how could you not but get saved? You know, Pilate says, they all say, he must die. You know, when you say away with someone, that's pretty derogatory, isn't it? It's about as bad as it gets. Away with him and throw dust in the air. Basically saying he's worthless to us. The one who healed everybody that came to him. And cast out every devil that came before him. And did all the miracles before them all. And taught them nothing but the truth and love and compassion of God. Away with him. What crimes though did he commit? That's the question. He did nothing worthy of death. Pilate even said, I'll scourge him and set him free. Jesus did nothing worthy of a scourging. But they said, no, he must die. Reminds me when Paul was in the same situation and they wanted to kill Paul, but they had no right to do it because they had no reason to do it. And Felix says, It seemeth to me unreasonable to send a prisoner to death and withal have no... Uh, to not signify the crimes laid against him. You've got to have a reason to take the life of a man. Jesus had no crimes. He had one thing. He had one accusation. King. That's it. King of the Jews. And because of this, he went through such great, strong persecution. Listen to me just a minute. His mockery. He, you think you've been mocked. Jesus was mocked. Jesus was ridiculed. He was flogged with a cat of nine tails and whipped beyond description. His shame was degrading. They stripped him bare. His treatment was very inhumane. You know, we talk about inhumane treatment. Jesus was inhumanely treated because when they finished with him you could not recognize him as a man it says his visage was marred more than any man that's hard to imagine right there in itself listen but jesus knew he knew i'm the true king he saw himself seated in heaven on the throne he saw himself seated in, on the earth on a throne someday but he also knew that cross is my throne today. And I've got to go to that cross. And I have to identify with sinners. And I have to hang beside these known thieves and criminals and become one of them and have a vicarious sacrifice of myself for all humanity. He had to identify with sinners so that sinners could identify with Him. He had to take our punishment so that we could partake of His life. We meet Christ together at the cross. Sin had to be imputed to Him so that we could have the righteousness of God imputed unto us. Jesus had to become sin and be judged so that we could have His very innocence and righteousness. The Bible says Jesus became very poor so that we could be made rich. 
He bore our sorrows so that we could have His joy. And He took our judgment so that we could be made free. Barabbas! Don't you see, Barabbas, what He did for you when you walked away scot-free? I don't know if He did. The Bible doesn't say. History does not say what happened to Barabbas. He didn't become one of the faithful church members of Jerusalem. Is it this? But don't you see, all he was accused of was being a king. And so when Pilate crucified him, he made an accusation. It's the superscription that they wrote on why they were being executed. And all he could come up with is, this is the king of the Jews. That's all he could come up with. Oh, I'm sure the other men, can you imagine what they're said? And they said, please don't say that this is the king of the Jews. Say, but that he said he's king of the Jews. And Pilate said, what I've written, I've written. We're not stopping it. This is what it is. And the prophecy of God was made known and true. The king of glory hung on the cross. Here is why he died. Now, Jesus suffered for sin. I want everybody to hear me well. To bring many souls into glory. None of us could have ever gotten to heaven outside of this taking place. The innocent and the holy died for you. You know, think about this. It was a complete suffering. This crown of thorns that was placed upon His head, it wasn't placed. It was crammed onto His head and forced down onto His head with the thorns piercing into His very mind. Why? He had to suffer for the sins of the mind. Think about all you thought in life. It was against God and unholy. Jesus suffered that on the cross that day. The nails being pierced into His hands. Why? All the deeds that people did with their hands. The sinfulness of the hands of humanity. The nails in the feet. Every place you took yourself that God did not want you to go. Jesus suffered those on the cross. We thank God for that. Stripes. They beat him with many, many stripes. You know, the Bible says stripes for the backs of fools. Man, how many, how many stripes do I deserve? He took them all. He took them all. Yeah. He was beaten, ripped, naked before humanity. The sins of shameful living and lasciviousness and lawlessness. Humiliation. You know, he was humiliated in every aspect. Why? Because of all the sin and the wicked pride of our hearts. Where we lifted ourselves up. What about that wounded side where he was pierced into his side with the spear? You know what? I always think about that. That's that sin of omission. All the sins where you knew you were to do something and yet you failed to do it. So Jesus not only suffered for the sins of commission, He suffered for the sins of omission. And people watched that. And they saw it happen. It says that some sat down and watched. Some people stood beholding Him. People gathered around. Some walked by wagging their heads. Some people were mesmerized and watched the whole thing, the Bible says. These are the same people that a week ago before that were saying He's our King. 
Some had much interest, some had very little interest. And it's just so amazing. They watched, those that were there, they saw something change because God turned His back on His own Son and shut Him off. And the, and the sky went dark for three hours. And nobody could see. And they could hear Jesus in the midst praying for the forgiveness of those who did all this to them. Hold this not to their charge. Forgive them, Father. Crying out though, I've suffered fully. And praying for, he's saying, Lord, it's finished. I finished it all. I did what God brought me here to do. And then he gave up the ghost willingly because Jesus already said, you can't kill me. I can lay down my life. I choose when to die. Jesus released his spirit and he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. Gave up the ghost. The Bible says that immediately an earthquake hit. The rocks of the, all over the world, the whole earth shook when Jesus died and the, and the earth cracked and the rocks broke and the Bible says the rocks rent. The graves were opened up. Amazing event took place. The Bible says that the veil of the temple, which is 30 feet tall, Ripped from top to bottom. God ripped the veil. And it was all over. And I think about this. The greatest event in the history of the world took place. And you know some people actually got to see it. And watched it happen. There were witnesses. God acted. Created.